from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovius. Dennis Cox is the producer of this program. If you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast or check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan Raleigh on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the likes. Leave comments. Do whatever it is that you can do to manipulate the algorithm in our favor. Just like the algorithms popping for Brandon Marks, the Athletics got a deep dive on what went wrong this season for North Carolina. That was published today. Brendan joins us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Marks, what up, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me. You're very popular today because uh, you got some quotes. You got some quotes in the Athletic today from anonymous uh, people close to the players, anonymous parents. But the part that I find most fascinating and maybe adds the most insight as to why maybe Caleb Love is no longer at UNC is that his dad was very open with you about what happened last season at Carolina. Are you surprised? He was like, cool, man, let's go on the record. Uh, I'm not surprised because I think, and, and I'm, you know, I don't think I'm breaking any news here, but it has felt like this is the direction that this was moving for several weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it was apparent that, you know, Caleb and North Carolina this season was not working the way that it needed to work. And so the idea that Dennis was willing to go on the record, I mean, obviously I appreciate it, but I think that was just sort of the final indication that the writing was on the wall. Uh, you know, this is a story that I've been reporting for a couple of weeks now. So it's not like, you know, we just talked the other day. Um, this is like a series of conversations. And so this has been the plan. Um, I think it also speaks to what Hubert Davis is, is now doing this off season. But I wasn't that surprised that he was the only one who was willing to go on the record. Brendan Marks, The Athletic, joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. All right, Brendan. Uh, ultimately, is this about uh, – I, I know – Listen, you, you did a good job reporting this story and writing this story, but ultimately, is this about a team that couldn't handle expectations? Yeah, I think that's a huge, huge component of it. And, you know, I think it's important for people to realize, like, the longest tenured guy on this team was Leaky Black, right? And on the last North Carolina team to earn a top two seed, uh, he was on that team but was injured and little used off the bench. Everybody else on this team had, up until the magical postseason run, not experienced what I think a lot of us would call traditional North Carolina basketball. Um, They had been told they were bad. They had been told that they were the reason Roy Williams retired. They had been told that they were inconsistent. Uh, And then finally, for the first time this summer, they heard all these nice things. They heard all this praise. And it depends who you talk to, whether Hubert Davis did a sufficient job insulating from them uh, enough or not. You know, some people think that he did do a good job of sort of warning them, you know, this can flip. Uh, some people think that maybe he didn't stress it enough, but at the end of the day, these guys were not equipped in any way to handle that. And so psychologically, they lose those four games in November. They're the first team, the fastest team to go from number one out of the polls. And I was told that that was incredibly shaking for them. And quite frankly, yeah, I don't think they ever really recovered from that point. Brandon Marks, the athletic joining us here on the OG, covers UNC, covers Duke. He uh, has a deep dive as to what went wrong with UNC. Okay, well, bouncing off of that, Armando Baycott's coming back. R.J. Davis is coming back. That's the leadership group. I, I, I preface this by asking, like, well, I preface this by saying, if they couldn't handle 
the pressure from last year. What do they think the pressure is going to be this year? I think, I think, you know, again, speaking for them, yes, I think they think it's going to be a little bit more like it was. Like, yeah. I think it flips the other way. I don't know, man. (laughs) I I disagree. I disagree because every move, and I know I'm asking you, I'm asking Brendan to to get out of his wheelhouse here and and be opinionated. So I apologize, Brendan. Um, This I'm asking you to put on your observer hat. Okay. Okay. You're around the program. You're around the triangle. So you can speak on this. This offseason, this offseason is going to be pressure filled from every move Hubert Davis makes to bring guys in from the portal. And then there's on top of the on top of that, there's going to be pressure on Hubert himself to see if this thing gets turned around. There's going to be pressure on Armando Baycott to see if he is the guy who wants to elevate to be one of the greats to Carolina. Cool. You might have some individual scoring marks. Uh, rebounding marks, et cetera, but where are you with the Carolina Pantheon and everything else? I feel like next season is going to be even more pressure-packed because there's more on the line. I hear you on all that. Here are the areas that I would push back on. Okay. Number one, um, both this season and last season before the postseason run, I think we saw this team, and, and maybe this is a psychological thing with this core that was sort of honed for those first couple of years when they were you know, Roy's worst team. And when they were getting blown out in the first round of the tournament for the first time in Roy's career, and when he's retiring, we have seen them respond when people have thought, okay, it's hopeless, write them off, whatever. That's when they started clicking last year. That's when they beat Virginia Tech. That's when they go and they beat Duke. I mean, nobody gave them any chance going into that final game at Cameron, and look what they did. Mm -hmm. We have seen them respond to that psychological, you know, mentality in the past. And I think that they are going to, at least internally, position themselves that way. They are going to say, you know, the, the hype for us, the praise for us, the expectations for us, they're going to be there, but they're not going to be nearly as high as they were going into this season. I, I think if I'm in that locker room, that's how I'm trying to approach it. The other thing that I would add to that is, yes, there is pressure on those guys, but it is also for the first time for Armando Baycott and R.J. Davis it's a clean slate for them, too. Okay. We talk about it a lot with Hubert Davis. It's also a clean slate for those guys in the basketball sense. They are going to be thrust into maybe not different roles, but elevated roles mm-hmm. where there is a clear hierarchy. And that, I think, is the biggest thing that, that was, from a basketball perspective and on-court chemistry, the biggest problem the last few years. If you had asked every player in North Carolina's locker room this season, who is your best player, I think you could have gotten three or four different answers. And – that, at least in theory, will not be as prominent this coming season. Brendan, do you think there's a willingness to change how they approach the portal in terms of the NIL money? It seems like North Carolina has been trying to interpret NIL the way that it was intended. You know, Armando Baycott, you are a star at UNC. You have earned the right, you know, with your name, image, and likeness to, you know, sell Dunkin' Donuts, to be on the Outer Banks, to, you know, cash in on what you can do. Do you see do you see a willingness though to do what Miami did or what even NC State did and get players out of the portal by using NIL? So we have we are still seeing that to some extent, but to the extent that a Miami 
No. Well, I, I mean, yeah, that's an extreme example, yeah. but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think North Carolina, at least immediately, is there yet, and I okay. think part of that is because internally they don't have the same NIL infrastructure even that a Duke does. Okay. Um, you know, they don't have a general manager. They don't have somebody who that is their dedicated responsibilities overseeing that. And I do think that that's incredibly valuable, and that's why you're seeing that crop up more and more. But it, look, trying to figure out the, the most uh, – this is not a situation where North Carolina does not do NIL in any way. Um, but to be competitive, to be in a situation where they are truly alluring people there – for something other than the tradition being number one, that would be a change from how North Carolina yeah. has operated in the past. And mm-hmm. I don't know that they are going to slide North Carolina, tradition, Jordan, the logo, all of that. I don't know that NIL is going to usurp that in the portal just yet. I could be wrong, um, but given the fact of who their first transfer was and, and given how they have operated, I would be surprised if that were the case. Brendan Marks. What? Paxton Mojic's not getting... $500,000 to go from Brown to UNC? No. <laughs> he gets a cool baby photo posted, though. That was pretty sweet. I liked that. I enjoyed that. That warmed my cold heart. Brendan Marks, The Athletic. Uh, go check out the full uh, story today at The Athletic. I believe you guys are running a special still, too, uh, with March Madness, right, right, Brendan? We are. We are. $1, $1 a month for new subscribers. That's, my, that's as shameless a plug as you'll get from me. Hey, man. That's what we're here for. All right, dude. We'll talk to you later. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. It was a picture of one of those old Steve Madden-esque fancy bowling shoes. Like, they were sneakers, but not sneakers. Oh, yeah, I had a pair of those in brown, and yes. I, had a, I had, like, a black and blue somehow. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, hell awful. yes. Nothing's... The brown ones were really comfortable, though. Yeah. Nothing says early aughts quite like those shoes. So this is clearly a younger person had tweeted these out saying, these are the ugliest shoes I've ever seen. I'm like, ah, hold on a second. You weren't about that life in like 0203 where you wore those brown sneakers, but not sneakers, elevated sneakers with wide leg jeans and a patterned dress shirt untucked with the sleeves rolled up. If that's how you were dressed as a dude in 0203, you were ready for a night. Time. It was go time. You were ready to go out. So I put together. You were about that life. <laughs> I put together a play. Chris Lee was like, if you don't do an OG mixtape for a night out in that, what are you doing? I mean, you're right. I am. So we'll do that at uh, 445. West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN. I know he had those shoes back in the day. I know you had those shoes. I, I did not. <laughs> unfortunately, I did not have the Steve Madden shoes. But I know right, what so you're curious. I know what you're talking about with the long sleeve shirts and the paisley prints oh, and the rolled yeah. up sleeves. Oh, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm talking about. So this is where right. I'm curious. What what did twenty two year old West Durham dress in on a night out? Jeez. Um golf shirt, blue jeans, loafers, no socks. 
Man, that sounds it was so the, no socks. That sounds that sounds, that sounds met, North met Carolina as hell, Wes. I, but see, here's the thing: I was never like summer after my senior year in college. What was I doing? Looking for a job? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shorts, t-shirt, flip-flops, and where can we drink the cheapest beer? Um, <laughs> Which I still cause, do because I gotta have a I gotta have a job. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't go Steve Madden. Right. That was not my route. Yeah, now, that was, yeah. Loafer like. You know, but Dockers made loafers. You guys remember when Dockers, the jeans mm-hmm. company, the division of Levi's came out with shoes. I, I like used to go from store to store looking for those shoes. And, you know, I'd come up empty when I could have just bought a pair of Steve Madden's, I guess. Love it. Love it. Speaking of looking for a job, uh, we're going to start in the NFL. Okay. Um, Lamar Jackson's still looking to knock out some deal. And he's not happy with the Baltimore Ravens. And Atlanta keeps coming up. You're the play-by-play voice for the Atlanta Falcons. Sure. Atlanta keeps coming up as like a logical place for Lamar not Jackson happening. in the sense that, hey, they need a quarterback. No, the, division, the division's weak. So why yeah. wouldn't you bring him in? And, um, you know, Arthur Blank's like, ah, there's this and there's this. I'm, and I'm just scratching my head as to why you've got a, a 26-year-old former MVP mm-hmm. that is apparently not wanted. It's, it's flabbergasting. Who's played in how many games in the last two years? Half? Deshaun Watson played in less and he just got a that. fully guaranteed and contract. I understand that, but and Deshaun Watson created a fervor that was insane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson wants to eat up twenty five percent of Atlanta's salary cap, which mm. Atlanta's just gotten out of salary cap jail. Right. Sure. Sure. So into the day, Atlanta's not interested, and Atlanta's not interested for long term reasons as much as short term reasons. Mm-hmm. The short term reason you don't know how long, how many games he's going to play, okay. health wise. And I would say this is the Lamar Jackson situation. He's just the poster child for it. I would throw Jalen Hurts into this. I would mm-hmm. throw Tua Tagovailoa into this. I would throw anybody who's going to hail the next athletic quarterback. Look, you Cam want, Newton. You want to throw Josh Allen in there? Josh Allen can also go there. All I right. mean, I think you've got to be, you know, the old adage, you're only as good as your backup in the NFL. Well, mm-hmm. really, now you're only as good as your backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And in Atlanta's case, I think Atlanta's built a case for Desmond Ritter through the last four games, Arthur Smith's comfort level. And now, quite frankly, guys, I, I think it's about Taylor Heineke's backup ability too. And you say the division's down. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but Atlanta's got a lot of other holes to fill. They're starting to fill them, and it's not around the quarterback spot. <laughs> for the For the people who are not watching, on WRL Plus. No, I have so much respect for you. I'm just not going to do what I'm. Okay, go ahead. I, Tell me what no, you want to say. I mean, no. seriously, we're amongst friends here. No, no. because I don't. I mean, think, no, think, I, think of this like no, we're he having has, a conversation. No, no, no. He, he's missed games. He has missed games. Yeah. He's played tw- in 12 games, so he's missed a third of the games over the last sure. two years. Okay. Um, but n- n- no, and, and your quarterback position is going to eat up. How, whatever percent of your salary cap, but everyone but it, is going to do that. It's going to happen respect, for everyone. I know what you're. I know what you're saying. It's Lamar Jackson. It is as good as it gets when he's 100. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but it, here it is to me, and I'll just say it because we are friends. They they with Arthur Smith, the way that they run their offense, they were the what number one or number two in the NFL in rushing. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's and, the argument. They were number one, number two without him. Yeah, they don't with uh, Marcus Mariota. Like, yeah. and, and here's the other thing, Joe. They just be came out of. pretty lethal with him. Oh, be unbelievable <laughs> with him. 
But here's the thing. He's going to want so much money, and this has become such a thing now that you you put yourself in this position because you went Julio for life on the contract. Yeah. You made Matt Ryan one of the top three quarterbacks of all time from a pay standpoint. And you paid Devontae Freeman, right? I mean, you still – you that part of this too. And you ended up in salary cap jail. Yeah. And you've got a chance to get out of it and build back your long term that you told Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot you wanted to do. That's why you hired them and gave them the keys. And you let them go through two years of being in salary cap hell. And now you're going to say, hey, guys, I think it's a really good idea. Y'all bring Lamar Jackson in here at whatever number he wants. Mm -hmm. Wes Durham joining us, ACC Network ESPN. He's also the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. And I like to unleash the football takes, the NFL takes from West. Honestly, part of my frustration is that we're doing a Lamar Jackson, things we would never do to other quarterbacks in terms of the conversation, right? Uh, we're living in the in the same week we're watching this dance between the Jets and the it's Packers. Awful. And, and Aaron Rodgers, a guy who the Packers have straight up said, yeah, that dude ghosted us. <laughs> a guy who has openly talked about, yeah, I'm going to go find myself. And I mean, it's a drug, but whatever. And nobody blinks an eye. And Lamar Jackson's getting Chris Mortensen tweets about his nutrition. Like, oh, you know, he might like I, processed food snacks. Who doesn't? <laughs> so, but anyway, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers thing has gotten to a point, at least from my perspective, that now we've got a situation where Joe Douglas and Brian Gutekunst cannot get on the same page yeah. because Gutekunst wants to hold Joe Douglas hostage because he knows he's not bringing Aaron Rodgers back. Mm -hmm. He knows it's going to be Jordan Love's football team. And now, you know, Gutekunst wants to get the full value, full swing he thinks that Aaron Rodgers should bring to the table for what he's done in the past, not yeah. for what he's going to do in the future. And Joe Douglas doesn't simply have that kind of market and here's the other part, too. Rodgers has already gotten guys signing up to play with him who are there waiting. Yeah, that's where the leverage really screws up. They even they hired Nathaniel Hackett as their <laughs> offensive coordinator, the guy that Denver hired as the head coach thinking that Aaron Rodgers was going to And we come. think Thursday night flex scheduling is a bad idea. Look at these two. I know. These are terrible, terrible ideas. Um, all right, you brought up the flex scheduling. Yes. Um, and this is, you know, you being a, a person who's constantly on the road, that takes a toll on you just from a play-by-play -play perspective. You're not playing right. the games, and yet the NFL wants to have flexed Thursday night games. Joe dismisses the idea that it's not fan-friendly. and I, if, No, no, no. I, I, that shouldn't be the primary concern, though. I, I think it is because the NFL's truly worried about— I don't think about, the NFL cares about their fans. I think the NFL cares about having people in the stands as a television product to make it look good. And I think that's what ends up happening if you screw over fans that are planning to go to a Sunday game and suddenly it gets flexed to a Thursday I, game. I, I agree with that, too. I think that there is this thing that people plan their weeks around their football. Yeah, yeah I'm not dismissing and, that point. I'm saying yeah. that's not the primary driver for well, the, the NFL. Oh, the primary no, no, drives money. The, right. Yeah, the primary drive. You, you hit the nail on the head when you said Amazon, Amazon wants, wants it. Dot, dot, dot. Amazon's already paid for. Dot, dot, dot. So, so, right. so when you talk to NFL players, if you were to tell them uh, when you when you show up to camp and you start talking to guys and things like that, and you tell these guys, oh, did you see where the NFL said the data backs up that Thursday night football doesn't increase injuries? How do you think players will react to that? Half of them are going to tell me that that data is flawed. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think that the, you know, and it's funny. Remember how the Europe thing became an automatic bye week the yeah. next week? Yeah. Yeah. There are guys who I think 
the the ones that I talked to in the last year or so, and it's really been the last year because the last couple of years prior to that, we really couldn't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys that have done it this past year talked about they would like to have Thursday night football off a of bye. Okay. Which if would you be could tell easily them, done by adding absolute, a second open date to their schedule. And look at that. Right. It pushes you to President's Day. I literally, I'm solving this problem. I don't know why no one listens to me. <laughs> hey, you saw the Julio, you, know, yes, you know me. Julio, you know I, I'm very limited in my abilities, but I can but do two things. Yes, you can. And here's the other part. Gamble too. on golf, and I can fix football schedules. I'm putting that in my Twitter bio, damn it. You could you could go to Peter King right now and pitch <laughs> the idea, and it would end up in Football Morning in America oh, next week. Yeah, it would. Because the idea of it is so real at this point that now – you can find a way to strengthen their schedule if you lengthen their schedule. Yep. Without adding a game. And strengthen their product by lengthening their product. And and let me tell you this, the number one property to get upset about it and the number one property to be worried is staging their biggest event this weekend. Oh what? Because all of oh, all of this being pushed back. College, yeah. football, college, be basketball. Basketball. college basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nobody yeah, yeah. cares about college basketball in percentages until after the Super Bowl. So the football is over. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, we all we all recognize that. Yeah. Um, although what's interesting about college basketball is, I mean, it's incremental, but uh, holistically, college basketball ratings were pretty good. ACC ratings were pretty good, all things yeah, considered. Uh, yeah. Duke was part of some of the highest rated regular season games ESPN's had in a while. That's without yep. Mike Krzyzewski retirement tours. So uh, it's, it's, it's odd in that it's there for them. But they do have other factors that are eating into it. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org slash nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at thedesignery.com. Which gets us to college basketball. Western ACC Network hanging out with us. Any of the triangle departures so far surprise you? In the last 24 hours, we've had Terquavion Smith at NC State and Derek Whitehead at Duke announcer going to the NBA. We had Caleb Love announce earlier in the week that he's transferring from Carolina. Anything has surprised you? Uh, no, the biggest surprise I've had is that Caleb Love did not say he's going to Kansas today. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest surprise I've had. You think, that, you think I, that's I, where he's going to end up? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think he's going to Kansas, and I—I I mean, I'm—I don't. It's not a fait accompli. That's my opinion. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I—but I think he's going to Kansas, and I think he can be a Kansas. What you know, guys have been who have transferred there. McCullers this year is that right? The kid from Texas Tech who mm. transferred there. You know, I, I think he's a the scoring guard for Bill Self next year. That's just an opinion. Okay. Well, man, if he has an amazing year, that's 
going to go over really, really well in Chapel Hill with the fans. That, that's, well, Derek Whitehead, I will, I will say this. Derek Whitehead is a little surprised, but we all know that there's that NBA wrinkle that is about potential as much yes. as it is proof, right? Yes. His potential. We barely saw incredible. him. We barely saw him. We barely saw Kyrie Irving, too, mm-hmm. in our long history of watching this uh, this product. Unfold, ten ten so. games, I think it was, for Kyrie Irving? I was Kyrie 10, Julio? I think it was it was either 9 or 10 because he played 8, got hurt, and then he played in the 1 ACC NCAA, tournament. Yeah. NCAA yeah. tournament Oh, he game. didn't show up to the ACC championship. No, he, no, play he played in the Arizona game. That's what it was. <laughs> they, yeah. they got run out of the gym. I yeah. remember now. I remember. So, so it was 11 so it was 10, you, and then he got hurt, hurt the foot, okay. came back and played in the 1 tournament. To, to follow on this, I guess I'm more curious as to guys that are going into places. Paxson Wojcik to Carolina. You know, where, where's NC State going to go next from that portal specific? There's a couple um, Carolina you know, guys are available. Well, that's true, too. And I the, the Styles thing is going to – I mean, we're going to get the modern-day Bones McKinney here. Um, you know, and if that happens, that'll be really interesting. Yeah. And if it if it transpires that way – Get ready. Those games then all of a sudden take on spicy. Some... I like it. Oh, I oh like it. already. I like you, it. I mean, if they weren't already, you know, that kind of thing. So let me ask you this. West Durham, ACC Network, ESPN, we'll close on this. We talked to Brendan Marks of The Athletic in the previous segment uh, about okay. his uh, deep dive into what went wrong for Carolina's season. Mm. Interesting quotes from anonymous parents. A uh, lot of Dennis Love, Caleb, Love, Caleb Love's father on the record, which, cool. I always appreciate people going on the record. I had a slight, I had a slight disagreement. Not as much as Jilly open. I was going to say. <laughs> well, yeah. I go ahead. I had a little bit of a disagreement with Brendan, and maybe even with Chilio to a certain extent. So the whole premise of this year was that they could not handle going from the hunter, easy, free. You know, nobody expects anything from us. We shocked the world to the expectations. They didn't, they didn't handle it well. I think we all recognize that. Right that there's going to it's going to revert back to how it was in 2021. And I don't feel that's the case. I don't feel that there's some sort of like weight lifted that everybody's kind of counted it out. I actually feel that the pressure increases for just about everybody involved. The pressure increases on Hubert Davis to get the portal right, who he's bringing in. I think the pressure increases for guys like Armando Baycott and RJ Davis uh because the guy that could easily be pointed at, well Caleb Love, Caleb Love, Caleb Love is no longer there. So I feel like there's a lot there's a lot at stake for UNC this offseason and how they go about it and and how the how eyes will be on them next year to see how they respond. I, I think it's a different kind of pressure. I think you're right in that it's two versions that are at opposite ends of the spectrum this, mm-hmm. in the first two years of Hubert Davis. Yeah. So where's the norm? Where's the middle ground? Right? Don't know. We're, we don't know. We've seen two different type things happen. We talked last week about, what, the six weeks that they played really well a year ago, right, roughly. And and did they ever find their rhythm this year? And you could argue no. Some would argue yes. I would say there were sequences of it, but not anywhere near, you know, big slices of what you thought Carolina would be. Sure. Um, yeah, the portal has got to be right. The recruiting and the player development has got to continue. Uh, as much as you can continue it, right? I mean, Seth Trimble, DeMarco Dunn, guys that came off the bench and played minutes for him. But I would say so, yeah. I mean, the Paxson Wojcik, that might move the needle a little bit, but that doesn't do a ton for me in terms of where is there going to be is there going to be this Brady Manic Pete Nance player that comes in the hmm. portal? Um, better be better than Pete is, Nance. Right, but here's the other thing too, Julio. 
who's who's the guy you're going to count on? Who is it? R.J. Davis and Armando Bacot. Those are the proven veteran pieces of your team. But who else is there going to be? Yeah, got to be somebody I think else. That was the. And I think Brendan did write about this. About, oh, they were a talented team. That you know, I don't know how talented they were. Yeah, I don't know. Let me be perfectly honest with you. Uh, we've talked a lot about Baycott before. I think Baycott is at his best when he is cleaning up the trash. And and there's nothing wrong that, with that. That's a great. That's a great skill to have. Uh, but I don't necessarily view Armando Baycott as a guy who you run your half court through and has to touch the ball. I don't think he is that skilled of a scorer. I think he is great, a great rebounder. I think he is great at putbacks. But I'm not sure he is this off the charts. Let me clear everything out. And, and give you the ball. You know, it's interesting. We, we had this conversation with Jeff Capel earlier this week, and I asked him, how do you know when someone's tough? That That's what I think Hubert Davis needs to do. I don't. We don't need to know who the heck they are before they get there. Yeah. But you look at the Final Four this week. I, I don't know anything about San Diego State other than they got some tough guards. I don't know a whole lot about Florida Atlantic other than I look at them and I go, one through four, they they mm-hmm. now Florida Atlantic could be a path. To be perfectly honest with you, they have the 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 Ruski, the Russian Ruski in the middle, <laughs> who is a bit is mm-hmm. he's like this good college player. This is a theme that uh, Joe and I have been developing. You want it was at Texas Tech, right? You, you want good college players. Back in the old days, you wanted a pro. I think now. You want a Baycott, who is a good college player, but not necessarily a pro. But you look at FAU and who's around him, mm-hmm. Golden, mm-hmm. those are tough players. Davis? Davis? Yeah, those are tough. I think Davis is a tough player. Yeah, I R.J. Davis. I, no, so I'm I talking think, about the kid at, I'm talking about the kid at oh, the Florida. John Atlanta. L.? Tough, yeah. John L. Davis? That's what I'm saying. You And I think that should be the goal of all these guys. And that's where the paradigm shifts for Carolina. It used to be. Hey, we got look at this guy's logo on our jersey. He's the greatest to ever do it. You could be him. Cool. Not sure he wins now because he ain't going to get to year four, three, which he I, got to when he was there. And yeah. I don't. And that guy's that guy's Victor Wembanyama right now. That's who, right? So you're not getting him to come to Carolina or Duke or anywhere yeah. in college basketball. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a slight on them. Those are the ones who have to change. And just to go back. I don't think Caleb Love's tough enough to play for Bill Self. Bill Self has a different standard. All of his teams are tough. He's going to have a really hard time if that's where he ends up. I could see him going to Missouri and scoring a a ton of points (laughs) because that's the style that Missouri plays. But straight up, I'm just telling him right now, he's not tough enough to play for Bill Self. By the way, Mm -mm. uh, Obvious, where I go, Jillio, are you here to confirm or deny that you're in the final running now for the Temple job after three guys <laughs> apparently had the job earlier today and none have taken it? Yikes. I have not followed that today. That has not been on my radar today. It's gone from Charlton <laughs> Young to, um, golly, somebody else and then a third guy because apparently Temple's president, who was involved in the interview process for yeah. all these guys, resigned yesterday Ooh, or this morning. That's not good. Hey, Dennis, here's your opportunity. Matt Rule, Temple basketball coach. All right, West Durham, <laughs> ACC Network, ESPN. All right, That's going to happen. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk Take to you care, later. guys. See you. <laughs>